Hello, everybody, and welcome to Voices Through Avalon. My name is Sharon Fincher. And my name is Katie Smith. And today we are joined by our first response coordinator, Mr. Michael Nesbitt. Thanks, Mike, for coming. Hello, I'm happy to be here. Well, this is exciting because Michael has a lot of roles within the organization. Mm -hmm. And uh, yes, we, we love Michael. Um, so I really, we wanted to have you on the show today, uh, the podcast, <laughs> to talk a little bit about your position here at Avalon as first response coordinator. Can you tell us about um, what you do in your role? Yeah, so within my role, um, I oversee the first response program, um, and uh, I also go on call. I do first response every week, um, and I also oversee the volunteer program. So I do a lot of interviewing. Um, help is this with training I'm scheduling uh, reaching out to them for different volunteer opportunities um, so I'm in constant communication with volunteers um, aside from that I do scheduling for all the advocates here um, and uh, I'm trying to think of anything else that I'm doing I feel like there's a lot of different things but yeah so that's like mostly you know what I what I do with Avalon yeah, so Michael's definitely the guy you want to be friends with when you need vacation time. Uh. Right <laughs> <laughs> Sharon, um, of course I got you. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, how how did you begin work at Avalon? So uh, is it okay if I rewind time a bit? Yeah. So, yes. okay, so um, I did my undergrad at U of M Dearborn. And so during my sophomore year of, um, of college, uh, my minor is Women's and Gender Studies. So I had uh, many students in the class who happened to be volunteers with, you know, what we were formerly Wayne County Safe. And they did a presentation on Wayne County Safe. And I remember being like, oh my God, like there's an organization in Detroit that offers free services, like free sexual assault exams, counseling, all of that um, for people who, who need it. And so I was very interested. So I actually talked to one of the people who presented, and I was like, hey, I'm really interested in volunteering. And um, so it just so happened that my senior year of college, I was able to intern with Wayne County Safe, and I happened to be Katie's intern. Um, <laughs> um, and so from there, I remember Katie came to me, and she said, hey, you know, we do have a position opening. Do you want to apply for it? And I was like, y'all, me? You think I should apply for it? And I end up applying for it and um, end up getting the first response um, position. And uh, I just, I was so, so, so happy because, um, like, you know, my major is in psychology, minor in women's and gender studies. Plus, along, like, I have a lot of um, sexual assault survivors within my, no, I wouldn't say a lot, but there are a few sexual assault survivors that I know personally. Mm -hmm. And so to be able to... Um, work with such an amazing organization and be able to give that support and trauma-informed care and um, even do outreach and education to people in the community uh, to learn who we are, like that just means so much to me. So um, that's how it came about working with Avalon. That's one of the good things here. You know, a lot of us, like I started as a volunteer, mm -hmm. you know, so you get a lot of people that may have been interns or volunteers. Yeah. And then we love it so much that eventually we become staff and and it's also wonderful to see like the growth opportunities within the organization. No, so you know that's that's a plus for us. And for all of you that may maybe haven't met Michael or don't know about him, he has a amazing energy. He's <laughs> always smiling and just a happy-go-lucky guy. And I definitely remember him and his internship being very positive and willing to go the extra mile to to help survivors and help us. Um, 
build our infrastructure here at Avalon. Thank yeah. you. And he's also an amazing photographer. Oh, yeah. And I <laughs> yeah. wanted to just kind of, I, I don't want to go too off topic because I do have some more questions <laughs> that we want to ask you about first response, but I do want you to talk a little bit about your photography. Yeah, so I got into photography about two, about two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it started when I was up north in Marquette. I had taken some pictures up there, and when I got back home, I was like, geez, these pictures look kind of nice. <laughs> and so I went out, went to Best Buy, bought myself a camera, and from there, like, I was going, I spent the whole summer just going to just parks, taking pictures, and I'm a big nature person, so a lot of my pictures are nature photography. Um, so, and I like to do a lot of hiking, so if I'm traveling, like, I've traveled to Arizona, Utah, Nevada, anytime I've done any hiking, I like to take pictures. Um, and I've also taken pictures of people. So, yeah. you know, I've, I've done photo shoots. I just actually, um, over the weekend, I did my sister's senior photos. Oh, wow. So, um, and that was exciting. We got some nice brother-sister bonding time, and she was super excited. But I love photography. I really feel like it's um, self-care for me. Yeah, that's Definitely. important in this work. Yeah. Um, and I think we all kind of pick something. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think you just stumbled upon it and discovered that that was just a talent. Yeah, and I and that, that's the thing. I've always been into like you know art, art, and I, mm-hmm. I never knew like what I was into or like what I was good at. Mm-hmm. And so you know, when people would be like, "Oh, your pictures are good," I'm like, "Nah, stop." But now, now I can say like, "No, I feel like I do take pretty good pictures." I think you should put them on postcards. I, I, I do. I know. So you if have anyone been is that. listening, if Michael wouldn't mind sharing his Instagram. Oh yeah. So my Insta. <laughs> what is my? Yeah. So my photography Instagram is through. Michael's underscore lens. Yeah, amazing. It, it, you'll just see beauty of Michigan and so many states that he's been to hiking. Um, I'm also planning to ask him to participate in the Voices Art Show Ooh, in nice. 2022. I'm hoping he'll have some of his beautiful pictures. We can blow them I up. I would and love to. Even put him in to. the office afterwards. So, <laughs> wow. I would love to. Um, well, I wanted to ask a couple more questions. Um, can you tell us, like, what are your plans for the volunteer program? Do you have any future plans about what you would like, how you would like to see the program grow? Um, yeah. So, I well, I don't, I don't know how much we can speak on the building and all that, but um, you know, I feel like once we are able to secure a building where we have more space, I want to be able to have volunteers be able to do more things. Now, volunteers now, um, of course the most popular thing they can do or that they really like to do is our on-call. Um, many volunteers that I interview right off the bat, they're like, I'm really, really interested in that. I want direct work with um, survivors. Um, aside from that, you know, with our fundraising events, our tabling events, um, I know Benita's having some volunteers who are interested in doing research for her. Um, so for now, we do have a good amount of uh, opportunities for volunteers, but once we get our secured space, I just want to be able to open it up more, whether that's assistance with helping us with group facilitation um, and, um, you know, whatever else that may come up just so that they have, like, a lot of other... Volunteers, and and I kind of look through, because I started as a volunteer here, Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of things that I'm involved in, um, I've gotten involved in through, you know, my volunteer efforts. Yeah. How important are the volunteers for the program? I don't think a lot of people really talk about that too much, mm-hmm. and, and I know that's something that we talk about a lot. So, you know, just how important are the volunteers to the success They're of the program? They're very, very, very important. Um, I think that one of the things, let's just use, you know, on-call, for example. Um, you know, 
us, it's easy, I want to say it's easy for us to get burnt out, but we do, we see a lot of people, right? Um, many volunteers who like to do on call, they uh, help with giving us relief sometimes. Um, and on top of that, like, with the experience that they receive with us, they're able to um, share that experience with other people, whether that's their friends and family. Um, I know that uh, Wayne State, they have, I think they have like a, some sort, like a, um, like a board there where they kind of recruit people to learn more about sexual assault and get into the work that we do. So I feel like the work that they do, they're able to share that with other people and, you know, offer a lot of community outreach. Um, and it helps us too, you know, just with, um, you know, the assistance that we have, even if it's something just as, sim as simple as, you know, making us packets for on-call, you know, it keeps our organization going, but also um, teaches a lot of, where they're able to educate other people in their lives too, and get their own experience. Because a lot of them are going into work that has to do with, you know, this, whether it's um, medical or whether it is psychology or social work, they're able to get the experience here. Awesome. Um, well, tell us just a little bit about the requirements to be a volunteer here at Avalon. Uh -huh. So with the requirements, so you um, have to be at least 18 years old. Um, and depending on what you want to do, um, as far as like first response, um, you, you know, will have to be able to have access to a vehicle. Um, you don't necessarily need to have background in sexual assault um, or sexual assault work. Um, we, with our um, training we do a, a lot with that um, so you don't have that's not a requirement um, let's see and and really just like you know show that you're passionate about the work like you know we don't want you to just be volunteering just to volunteer like we want to make sure that you really have a passion for working directly with survivors even if you don't want to work directly with survivors because there's a few who prefer not to but they would prefer to do behind the scenes but you know with that behind the scenes work they're still contributing to the direct work that we do mm -hmm. um so just you know uh, a passion behind that yeah and I know, <clears throat> excuse me, sexual assault is such a heavy topic, but one of the things that I, that I like that we do here is we don't make light of the situation, but right. we also try to shed some light and positivity and um, really celebrate people in their, in their healing and all yeah. of those kinds of things. So, you know, when people hear about sexual assault and volunteering, um, you're not necessarily going to leave, you know, feeling horrible like you're watching an SVU episode yeah. or something like that. But right. It's really an opportunity to give back, but more importantly, learn and like what you said, mm -hmm. share information so that we can pass it along. Yeah, um, and people can become aware. Yeah, because um, something you know, I have a younger sister; she's 17 now, and you know, I'm constantly educating her about the work that I do, and mm -hmm. and I hope that she would be able to share that same information to her friends. Yeah. You know, they'll be all be going to college soon, and. Um, so I think it's important. I actually told her, I was like, you know, if you want to, once you turn 18 and you want to volunteer the summer before you go to college, oh, let, wow. me, let me know. Wow. And she's really, she really, really wants to. And one of her friends actually is really interested in talking to me about the work because wow. she wants to go into social work and wants to work with sexual assault survivors. So, wow. That's um, huge. Yeah. That's great, Mike. And so what is your favorite part of the job? 
My favorite part His of the job. His face lit up. Look at that. <laughs> of course, seeing Sharon's face when I come into oh the office goodness, is my favorite part of the job. Uh, what about me? <laughs> and of course, Katie. Katie has. She wow. is. No, Katie is our fashionista. Okay. Yes. She indeed. she indeed. always got a cute outfit on. Yeah. Um, what is my favorite part of the job? I would say, for me, is when survivors, um, you know, let me know that that I've really helped. You know. Um, I, I remember I had, uh, there was a survivor that was, uh, she was referred over to us by, I think it was uh, Lakeshore Legal Aid, mm -hmm. and they, she assumed that we were a domestic violence, um, like shelter or organization, and I sat with her for like maybe an hour and a half in our lobby, and she, and just talked, you know, she just wanted to talk about what was going on with her, and after the conversation, she was like, you were the first person that actually sat down and listened to me. Wow. Like, and I really appreciate that. And mm -hmm. so from there, I followed up with her. You know, we, I connected her to different resources, and she was able to get out of her relationship and get on her feet. And I remember I had followed up with her a few months after, and she was just like, you know, I appreciate you so much. Like, thank wow. you. And that meant a lot to me. That's huge. Yeah. That's so huge. anytime, I, you know, a survivor lets me know, like, Hey, you know, you really, you really helped me, or you know, I appreciate you. I feel, you know, better. Or if I'm able to connect them with our counselors, or whatever it is, mm -hmm. in any way that I feel like, you know, or what they let me know that I've helped is is my favorite part. Do you notice a huge change in yourself from the time you started till now? Because I've seen like crazy, really, crazy. He's like grown, grown man now. I have really seen you grow. <laughs> yeah. Especially like when you started, I remember the first day you came in for your interview, you had this cute little suit on. <laughs> and I was like, this guy is way too happy. He's smiling a lot. I'm not used to this. Uh -huh. I'm like, he really wants to be here. I was, you were such an amazing intern. Yeah. I loved working with thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you. I really feel like in my heart, it's been so good to see you like just grow because I know like I'm not to go off topic about me but when I started here mm -hmm. I was in my early 20s and I really I mean I've been here for 10 years so I grew up at Avalon and I'm, I'm yeah. not you're kind of doing the same thing yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so it's really cute and like awesome to see yeah a change that I've noticed um I think I've just very very aware of just different things that people may be going through mm -hmm. you know um for example a lot of survivors we see have different uh there's other needs that are aside just from the support that they need from us mm -hmm. a lot could be with housing food insecurity um so I, I just feel like it's made me be very aware of just different things that people may be going through and being patient with people mm -hmm. um and yeah and and um just staying dedicated to the work you know I love it I, I appreciate you know just from the time I've started with Avalon well Wayne County safe but Avalon um, staff here have always been super 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 supportive and um, I appreciate you guys a lot we appreciate you Michael um, so I did want to ask you guys about something really special that we have coming up mm -hmm. our survivor men's group Yes. And both Michael and Sharon are the coordinators of this group. Can you guys tell me about that group and, and what you have planned for it? Yeah, so this started a few years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and one of my role, well, my role here is, is to work with underserved populations and notice gaps in services. Like, what are we missing? Yeah. And so we always have these conversations, and then we had this, like, really intense aha moment with the Poetic Justice Group 
where the conversation about men came up and mm -hmm. men being present in the room. And so it, it turned out to be a beautiful thing, but just let's say while I was in it, I was scared to death because I was like, oh, Jesus, like I don't want you know people in here arguing and things like that. Yeah. But we really talked about men and their role, not only being perpetrators, but also survivors. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I always try to do is be very inclusive in conversation. And I always said, nothing is going to change until we start involving men in the conversations and also addressing the trauma that men face because men are also, you know, always shamed and emasculated and things like that because of things that they go through. And so at that time, I went to some conferences and, and talked to some men facilitators and things like that and then brought it back to staff. And I said, I think we need a men's group, and everybody was receptive. Mm -hmm. And so I reached out to Michael, and I reached out to Florence, and, and we started. And then COVID happened. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the desire for the group didn't change, so then... Michael came to me like, hey, are we starting this group back up? <laughs> and then, you know, we had brainstorming sessions and talked about it. And then I'm, now I'm going to let Michael talk. Cause yeah, yeah. So, you know, with the men's group, as Sharon said, there is, when it comes to, as men, we know the men get sexually assaulted. But the, the rate of reporting is much, 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 much lower than, than women. And so this, having the group would be able to allow men to exist in a space where they're with other men, where they can support other men, but also be vulnerable and open up about their experiences um, because society does not give um, the opportunity for men to do that um, because, you know, men are taught to be, you know, strong. And, and uh, you know, even men that I've seen on call, you know, they will say, like, you know, I'm, I'm not gay, I'm not gay. And, and so being sexually assaulted is sort sort of somewhat attri attributed to sexuality, or that they were too weak to not have it happen to them, and we don't, we don't want that, obviously. So the men's group is is very 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 important and needed, much much needed for men. I'm I'm really excited about it. I feel like this has been a long time coming for us to have this group, and the fact that you two will be the main facilitators of it, I know it's just going to go amazing because yeah. um, we we just we need this group. It's, yeah. it's important. Yeah, because I, I want men to know that if you've been sexually assaulted, it's that's not a stain on your masculinity. It doesn't make you any less masculine. It doesn't make mm -hmm. you any less strong or, 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 you know, any less of a man. Yeah. So... Um, and they deserve a, they, you know, men should have a space and a platform yeah. that is solely for them mm -hmm. to talk about these things that can yeah. be focused on their needs and, um, you know, what they are going through in mm -hmm. their journey as a survivor through healing. So, you know, kudos yeah. to you guys for getting this going and yeah. I can't wait to hear more about it. Yeah, we're excited about it. We have a lot of out-of-the-box ideas. Mm -hmm. and, and again, you know, uh, when we do groups, we, we don't always focus on the reason that we're here, but yeah. focus on the individual. So we hope to incorporate art projects and outings and, and, um, and discussions and food and all of those types of things, too. Um, it's really just a place for primary and secondary survivors who are men, and let's talk about secondary survivors, um, some of our clients are loved ones of survivors, not necessarily survivors, you know, primary survivors, or mm -hmm. they were assaulted themselves. But we understand here at Avalanche just how impactful the whole assault is and how it affects everybody around. Yeah, because we even see that on, on call. We you do. Know, sometimes the, the parent or the friend may be more 
emotion at the time more emotional than yeah. than the survivor, and mm-hmm. you have to you know provide yep. that same support to the survivor, mm-hmm. or to I'm sorry to the secondary survivor, mm-hmm. um, because like like you just said, it really does impact everybody. Yeah, and we want everybody to be whole. And one of the things that we don't do here, we're not going to ask you to well tell us about what happened. Right. Like, we're not going to do that. What we're trying to do is create a safe and productive space for everybody to come together and work through our stuff together through different outlets. So never, unless you want to share and everybody in the room feels safe enough to listen, you'll never be asked, what's your story or you know anything right. like that. That's not what our goal here is, Avalon. Right. Yeah, so we're excited. Okay, well, great. So we do, <laughs> we do need to wrap up, but I wanted to do my favorite part of the podcast, which is the lightning round. And Michael, we ask all of our guests that come to the podcast you know, a few random questions that don't necessarily have anything to do with Avalon or uh-huh. what you do here. So the first question is, what is your favorite restaurant in Detroit? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh okay. This, you, you know I love burgers. I know. You like you to go out. You like already. to go out. Um, so my favorite to go to, honestly, is those good burgers. Shock. <laughs> I love me a burger. Favorite? That's the one that's, that's at the top go-to? of the Michael like and I talked about head. these burgers the and how burger? amazing they I are. Okay. I, love I hear them talk about it all the time. Yeah. We actually yeah. have a staff outing next Tuesday, and I probably could peg Michael that he's going to get a burger at I Bob Cabani's. But see, their meatloaf is really good, though. So I make Bob Cabani's? Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah, they got, like, bacon-wrapped meatloaf. Really? It's okay. really, really good. Interesting. Yeah. So what is your favorite place that you have ever hiked? Ooh. That's a good one. Um, I would have to say Death Valley National Park. Um, it was so beautiful. Uh, there's a, a, a portion of it um, called Dante's View, and mm. it is just absolutely gorgeous. But yeah, Death Valley was, was hmm. amazing. So Michael and one of our uh, two of our other staff members, Maria and Denna, they have gone on a couple hiking trips, and I'm always really inspired by the photos, and it actually makes me want to hike. I actually bought some hiking shoes, you Michael. Did. <laughs> Get out! I planned a trip to Hocking Hills in October. Oh, with Matt. I, I've been there. Hocking Hills is nice. So okay. I will be hitting you up with information about where <laughs> I need to go. Um, okay, last question: What brings you back to the work every day? What brings me back to the work every day is that I. I, I know that I'm making some sort of a difference, um, and like I said, you know, with I'm really, really close to someone in my life who experienced years and years and years of um, sexual abuse, and for her not to have any support, and whether that was from friends and loved ones, but also from an organization that can offer some type of support, um, it makes me feel like you know. At least if I, if I if I'm doing this this I want to make sure that someone is not in the same position that she was in you know that that I can offer services to somebody who's going through what she went through um, so it's for me it's making a difference awesome so important dates to remember September 13th at four mm-hmm. we're gonna start the men's group up and it's gonna be on Zoom so you can check out our website. And uh, if you have any questions, you can call or email myself or Michael, and we'll be happy to do that. Volunteer training. Um, I know we're in training now. Yeah, we're in our our second uh, weekend will be this weekend for our live sessions. Okay. And then they will be... They will be all all set to... Well, I know many of them want to do on call, so 
Awesome. Have to start shadowing. And then we look forward to Voices, which is coming. Well, April Sexual Assault Awareness yes. Month. So April 2022, we'll be having our event. You'll hear more about that in future podcasts. Absolutely. And then last but not least, Poetic Justice will be starting up because our goal is to kind of connect that with the Voices event. So it's just going to be a great time for everybody. So we're excited. Well, thank you for coming today, Michael, and allowing us to be here for the podcast. We really appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us with Voices Through Avalon with Sharon Fincher. And Katie Smith. We'll talk to you next time, and everyone be safe.